Report a shot fired at officers trying to stop the vehicle. We have uh, one officer shot. We got shots fired. Settling automatic firearm. Copy, covered. Shots fired. We have an active shooter. We have an active shooter inside the fairground. Now it's Shots Fired with your host, T.J. Kurgan, Dinah Death Milberg, and the lovely Crystal Powers. It is still not T.J. He is still out. He'll be out again for this entire week, uh, getting everything ready in Florida. He's got some property down there, plus our Clearwater store, getting ready for this uh, this here hurricane that's getting ready to uh, hit it's uh dude, it's looking pretty nasty. Like really nasty. Now I guess they're saying it's coming close to a category four. So like 180 mile an hour plus winds, and it's gonna be landfall for close to 48 hours, is what I'm hearing. So it's gonna be a little sketchy. Definitely a little sketchy. Um Yeah, I I have no interest in being down there that TJ did say he has to be down there because apparently that's when you become an official Floridian <laughs> is you have to make it through one hurricane. And then I also feel like he has to make it into the paper to one Florida man story. Yeah. It's only fair. I'm frightened to hear what it's going to be, but he'll eventually have his own Florida man story. So hopefully he does well down there and they stay safe and it ends up missing. But as it gets closer, it's definitely not looking too great. Um, I've got family out that way too in uh, the Fort Myers area. So, yeah, I mean, on one hand it's what, it's what happens when you move coastal, especially in Florida, but man, you you always hope it misses or skips or something like that. And often it does this time doesn't look like so much, but hopefully prayers out to everybody. They stay safe down there and, uh, Keep keep doors locked and stuff buttoned down and sandbagged. No gators flying around. Does that happen? Do gators fly around? I don't know, but that would give you a chance to wrestle one, like that, you said. Dude, it will happen. Maybe you can go outside and just catch it as it flies through the air. I don't know. They did some uh, some veterans group went uh, alligator hunting, and all these ones got like five foot, six foot, seven foot gators, and then one dude managed a 14 foot, almost thousand pound gator. It was ginormous. Dude, I can't imagine that. Like, and you still want to wrestle one and kill maybe, with a knife? Maybe not that big. Maybe not that big. Maybe like five, six, seven feet. But I feel like fourteen feet and almost a thousand pounds long. Like, okay, you're you're now tackling and trying to kill a dinosaur by hand. Not not an alligator. That is now a dinosaur. And that that, yeah, I don't know about that one. Can you imagine not realizing what you're getting yourself into? And you jump on the back of that, and then you fully realize the size of it, but you're already on top, so you're you're kind of committed at that point. Mm. Sure, many people can. Never mind. <laughs> Brings us back to those barrack stories. Yeah. So we're really not sure what we're going to talk about today. So we're just going to kind of throw stuff out there. Uh, if you want to call, if you got questions, uh, stuff you want to discuss, ideas, tell us to shut up, whatever. Give us a call six three six two two four. 6,300. Um, man, I'll tell you one thing we've been noticing that has continually been picking up, and I know you've seen it a few times too, and we just keep hearing it more and more. Uh, the amount of uh, vets coming in, gearing up to go over to Ukraine. Definitely. A uh, lot. As the war continues, we just had another one today. A guy came in. Uh, I had talked to him on the phone yesterday, and he said he was going to be by. Uh, he's living over in Illinois. Divorced, 
no no real family going on, uh, and just sick of the same old, same old since he's gotten out. This popped off, and he applied, and looks like they're going to take him, so he's awaiting further instructions and flight info, but he came in today to uh, get his armor and plate carrier and some other tactical gear to be ready and to go. Nice. And uh, it's crazy, man. That's that's really what's helping him, too. And especially in his case, he was a 0352, which uh, I believe, man, it's been a minute, tow gunner. That's what those guys are. Okay. But they're also trained in the javelin system. So he's going to get snagged up quick. Because oh, yeah. uh, for those of you listening who aren't familiar, javelin is the anti-tank rocket system. It's a man-fired, man-portable rocket system. Um, that's taken out and just wreaking havoc on these Russian tanks. You know, the RPGs are great for personnel and light armored stuff, but tanks are pretty impervious. I don't know about Russian tanks, but I know M1 Abrams RPGs don't do anything. No, I mean, literally nothing. Unless you get that one lucky shot. Yeah, and it's usually right on the back. Um, There's like one spot, and it's really hard to get to. Uh, But Russian tanks, maybe a few more weak spots, but... Generally, RPG isn't going to do too much, but the uh, the javelins are just devastating. You know, oh, one yeah. direct hit from a javelin, that tank is absolutely annihilated. So the fact that he's already got experience with that, um, he'll get snagged up quick. Good for him, I guess. But I mean, that's I don't know. One of our uh, one of our employees has a good friend over there that uh, probably everyone's seen if they've been watching the news coverage. He uh, actually yeah. climbed up the side of a building and grabbed the Russian flag and tore it down and. Was uh, yelling obscenities at it and everything, and he made the Russian morning news. Yep, pretty sure Putin was watching him drinking his coffee, going, "What the heck?" Yep, twenty five thousand dollar bounty on this guy's head, actually, too. Now, yeah. and um, yeah, he's actually he's helped us out because anytime we have uh, customers coming in wanting to go over there, when they get over, they'll call us, and our guy will get him in touch with them yep. and kind of get them settled and help square him away and fill them in on what's going on. Um, Apparently now he's been moved to a different unit. He's with a recon team, so he's a little bit more all over the place and low profile, but still active. Dude's been at oh, yeah. it for a few months, just banging away. Said it's personal now. He's he's sticking around for the long haul till it's over. So props to him. I hope he stays safe. You know, oh, yeah. personally, I started out with the attitude of I already fought for one corrupt government. I'm not going to go fight for another country's corrupt government. Um, and you know, I, I don't really care about either side. Not my problem. Hearing some of the stories now of what the Russian military is doing to the local populace mm-hmm. and just how cowardly they're playing. That they're, you know, as soon as they get into a, a gunfight, they run away like little chickens. But they have no problem just being absolutely horrible to the local populace. That's when they're tough and, you know, cool guys. So now it's like, okay, even though I don't agree with the Ukrainian government, and I'm pretty sure Zelensky is just as corrupt as our government is, it's not about that. It's about, you know, what the Russians are doing to the Ukrainian people. They they didn't have any say in this. They didn't have any choice in it. So, yeah, you know, if I, if I was uh, unmarried and no kid, yeah, I'd probably be headed over at this point. My attitude has slightly changed on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I – was- Freshly out of the military with no family, yeah, I'd, I'd be going over there myself. So, if are you're of that inclination, you've been considering it. 
if you need to get your gear, uh, I've been making sure we hook those guys up. Anybody who oh, comes yeah. in and wants to get geared up, wants to get armor, plate carrier, helmet, stuff like that in order to uh, deploy over there and help the Ukrainian people out, we'll make sure we take care of you. So swing by. We'll get you geared up. It's, it, it, dude, it's crazy to think about. Like Volunteering for our war is one thing, but seeing dudes who already did the military, already did you know Iraq and Afghanistan – who, you know, everybody's got their demons from those wars, oh, yeah. but are still like 100%. You know what? I'll go do it again. Just because they see something blatantly wrong, it bothers them enough that even though they did their time, they're out. They owe it to nobody, especially it's not even their country, still willing to risk it all again and go over and smoke some bad dudes again. I, I know some of it is just... Man, and for anybody listening who hasn't deployed or been in the military, especially in combat zone, it's it seems bizarre and twisted and a little confusing. You get addicted to that. Like, dude, there's times I'll be randomly sitting there like, man, I kind of miss that. Like, I hated being in the Marine Corps. I loved being on a combat deployment, but I hated the Marine Corps. Like, garrison side, back huh. in the States training, like the everyday BS, the uniform inspections, the the. St- Stupid, stupid stuff you have to deal with. I don't miss it all. But a, a simple day of, hey, don't get killed today. There was, there was this basic... Every, everything was black and white. There was no... Yeah, it was pretty crazy. We'll talk more about that when we come back after this break. Take it easy. And we are back. So, we're not talking about too much other than... Uh, getting a lot of people volunteering to uh, go over to Ukraine and fight the Russians lately coming into the shop and how crazy that is to see that like before, you know, seeing people enlist to join Marine Corps or army or Navy or that, that other branch, I forgot what they're called chair force. Yeah. Those dudes, the uh, office people with camo. Hey, I, I will give them uh, the, the, the JTACs, the, the PJs. Those dudes like, are legit. Yeah. If it wasn't for the PJs, I'd probably be still sitting on that stupid mountain waiting to get uh, medevaced out. So, I mean, that was... Probably. Yeah. Probably. No, I, I won't I won't talk too much smack on those guys. That, though, yes. Yeah, then the, the rest of the Air Force, different story. <laughs> We're going to get some crusty old Air Force vet calling and yell at us, but... Hey, I don't sorry. Really we, care. We, we were both in the military, so we can talk smack to each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. If anybody does want to call, it's 636-224-6300. So... I don't know. How do you think this whole Ukraine thing is going to go? That's the biggest talk everybody's been trying to figure out is, you know, this is shots fired. There is definitely shots fired there. A lot of shots fired. How? How? What is the end game here? Because I can't quite figure it out. Because is Putin going to go nuclear or what? Because I honestly, I don't see a way they're going to, Russia is going to win this war. They're not going to be able to take all of Ukraine. Uh, I'm honestly genuinely surprised how bad Russia's done. I always figured they were overrated. And, I mean, they're still running equipment from the Soviet era. Soviet era. So it, I know we're way more advanced than them. And if it was toe-to-toe with us, I I never doubted in my mind we'd just smash the daylights out of them. I did not expect Ukraine to put up the fight that they did and last as long as they had. But, I mean, this isn't just they're delaying inevitable at this point. They're pushing back. Oh, yeah. Um. I've heard rumors it's Russian military doctrine. It's written into their doctrine that 
if it looks like they're losing, they'll use nukes. I know Putin has threatened it almost on a weekly basis at this point, but you really think they're going to off a train, chain reaction? I mean, like. I don't know. Like, what if, what if, you know, they're not launching what we think of where it's like Hiroshima, Nagasaki, like it takes out half the country, but tack nukes where it takes out a whole town or a whole village. And on one hand, somebody's like, well, Putin wants Ukraine, so he's not going to have an area that has to be cut off and not used for a while. But at the same time, does he really care? I mean, reports are a dude doesn't sound like he's in the greatest health. This is going to be his legacy. Like, no, it's too late for him to change his mind on that now. This is going to be his legacy. I think this is going to be really the last big thing he does. There's no way he's going to go out with the the last memory of him being the one who got defeated by a bunch of farmers in Ukraine. He's going to do something, but I just wonder how extreme it's going to be. I mean... I don't know, like, if he does go nuclear on that, I mean, that's that's a chain reaction across the board. Like, then everyone's going to be like, oh, well, we can do this, we can do this. It's like, I don't know, I mean, that's... <laughs> or will it, though? Because apparently India and China came out and said that they'd like to ask them to start negotiating how to end the war. So is it one of those things where he uses nukes, everybody else nukes rush off the face of the earth or takes Putin out, and then everything's good? Like I mean, I'm nobody else too. gets involved and just lets it happen, or are his allies, you know, China, North Korea, uh, Iran, are they going to retaliate? That'd be the interesting thing too. I I honestly don't know. Everything's so weird right now, and I mean, China keeps threatening, but then China will back down, and then they'll start threatening again, and then they'll back down. I know they keep warning us on a weekly basis. You better not say anything like that again. Better not do that again. But, I mean, we've called their bluff a few times. They said they were going to shoot down Pelosi, which, I mean, oh, darn. It would have been such a tragic, tragic loss. Not really. Um, They called the bluff. They did nothing. They've been toying with Taiwan, but they still haven't evaded. I mean, it's a matter of time. They're going to invade Taiwan. But I almost feel like, you know, what's their hesitation? Because the countdown before Biden's out and somebody else is in is slowing down. They may not have somebody who's as big of a pushover in the next election. So they don't want to wait too long. I don't know. It's Dude, it's a weird, weird world right now. Very, very weird. Definitely. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> there's really not much else you can say to that. Just... Everything's weird. It's like every time you turn on the news, crime is like on the rise all over the place. This whole bill in Illinois, the safety act that's going to allow uh, cashless bail and you're basically going to get a court date for anything under degree, first degree murder, second degree murder, arson, burglary, um, all kinds of stuff like that. Just basically, oh, here you go. You're arrested, charged. Go home. That's it. This is just crime is going to continue to get worse. It's like the whole world is just losing its mind. Needs to be a purge. Dude, that I don't even know if that would be enough at this point. Like it has gone so far it's not even funny. Like I'm hearing crazy stories about, you know, parents talking to five year olds about gender reassignment surgery and this stuff is being 
pushed in schools, teachers getting fired for refusing to teach it. Like, what is going on? Like, everywhere, just globally. It's, you know, crazy stuff was always happening, but it seemed to be some backwards-ass country or some weird place, but not everywhere. But it's everywhere has lost its collective mind completely. And there's now there is some pushback. I mean, we're seeing with uh, uh, Italy, Italy's new what is it, prime minister, president? I don't know what they uh, prime prime minister. I think is what, yeah, she's apparently a nationalist, which somehow has been turned into thanks to Hitler, a horrible, horrible name. But there's a difference between nationalist and nationalist socialist movement. Yeah. Um, and she's quite conservative, from what I'm hearing. She's very against the EU which is very pro one world government, one world monetary system, stuff like that. And very globalist centered. So, I mean, there's a win there. Even, even the UK seems like it's wanting to go in a more conservative direction, but then you still got a lot of other places in the world wanting to push this whole one world collective, one world government. And then we're pushing this whole, be whatever you want to be, which growing up, it was be whatever you want to be like career wise growing up. Like if you want to be an astronaut, be one. Now it's like, if you want to be a unicorn, be one. If you decide that you're a a cat, can it be a combat unicorn though? That's a different story. Okay. I don't really understand where that came from too. Like it's funny, but I don't quite understand what a combat unicorn is. That we had at the store. I don't even, yeah, I've got really one of the really, uh, I, th- I believe the color is Bonnie Blue, Combat Unicorn hoodies. And I, I look at it, and I'm like, do I really wear that? All right. All right. I have an interesting hoodie collection. I also have one that <laughs> says uh, Domestic Terrorist from uh, Jim Fuller when he was running Kalashnikov USA. Yeah. What else should we talk about? I just want to keep talking about guns mostly, but I feel like people get tired of listening to us talk about guns. So Chris was talking to me yesterday about explaining clearing out your home for home defense better, and I've been trying to figure out how to explain this out. How to explain over the radio without demonstrating creating a visual picture over the radio as best as possible on room clearing specifically for home defense. Do you know a lot of people, and I highly advise it for the most part, the best bet, I don't care how well-trained you are, is to hardline yourself in your room, barricade yourself in, and hold one spot. It's way easier to defend a spot than it is to try to clear out multiple. So we'll come more about a CQB and clearing your home and an invasion, home invasion, not country invasion, home invasion when we get back. If you've got questions, input, whatever, 636-224-6300. We'll be right back. They're, they just went on tour recently. Ding, ding, believe, ding, ding, ding. I can't believe they're still around. Like Chad Gray's getting pretty pretty up there in age, oh, yeah. too. Like They're still rocking it, though. Yeah. I can't believe that uh, Mick Jagger's still around. If you really want to get down to it. He's actually <laughs> been dead for like 30 years, but there's enough alcohol and drugs in his system that he's going to outlive the rest of us. He's just he's z- zombified. Yeah, he's just Mummified. really well-preserved. So that's the like secret. Like a pickle. He's pickled. No one would doubt that. Like Seriously, though, it is amazing because like, if you look, 
Mick Jagger hit a point in the 80s where he just never aged. Yeah. He looks exactly the same. Like Keith Richards has aged rough. Mick Jagger has not aged. Kind of creepy. Apparently when you sleep with like 4,000 women, then, well, actually you'd think that would age you. But he didn't marry him, so maybe that's the... True. I wonder what it would be like to be somebody in that position that's that famous, that is that much of a target, you know, talking about protecting your home yeah. and keeping it safe like that. Imagine, I wonder what those guys, I mean, I guess you can afford all kinds of security when you're at that point, but I wonder what it would be like to be that person that could be a target for all the crazies and haters and whatever. Yeah, because they and, and and husbands of the of the women they slept with. Because they've got like sixty years of haters oh, yeah. following them around. Because I mean, they were big when the Beatles were big, and they're still they're like one of the oldest still touring bands out there. I believe. I don't know of anybody else older than them still touring. But just imagine the the uh, the security, the measures of security oh, yeah. that those guys have to have in protecting their homes. They've got the money from it. They probably they got got, like, yeah yeah they got the money. SAS security guards. Like, their security isn't just private security. It's, like, all former SAS commandos and stuff. Like, no joke. It probably is some of the best trained operatives out there. There's a job for you guys. <laughs> I don't even think we would qualify at that hey, one. new branch for uh, tactical SH asterisk. Private mm-hmm. security. Yeah. Dude, I was actually, uh, so, for anybody listening, if you're if you're looking for a, another good podcast to follow, the Sean Ryan Show is spectacular, and I'm on a... Finally, listen to DJ Shipley, uh, his story. That dude is, that's a whole other level. Like, respect to DJ. Like, I've always been a fan of GBRS. Uh, his dad, Don Shipley, is, you know, a legend in the military, a little in the SEAL community. But hearing DJ's story is pretty intense. Uh, and uh, at one point, he talks about going to Afghanistan with some other Tier 1 units when he got to... Uh, Oh, I forgot what team he went to. He did green team for training, and then I think he went to red team or gold team. Uh, anyways, the first deployment he did to Afghan with DevGrew, uh, worked with a bunch of SAS dudes, and all the SAS dudes had American flag patches on. And he asked him what the deal was with, you know, why are you guys, your SAS, why are you running American flags instead of the Union Jack? And he was like, somebody's going to get blamed for what we do. <laughs> like, hey, well... Man, I'm not even mad. That's like that's well thought out. Oh yeah, just we're American flags. We get mad at the U.S. and not us. SAS, that's a smart bunch of dudes. Oh yeah, the only one I've ever ran into. I got to meet a Christian Craighead at Shaw Show, Obi Wan Nairobi. He's a humble little feller. That dude is tiny. He is like five foot four, maybe a buck twenty. Wow. Yeah, he is a tiny little man, but I still wouldn't mess with him. Oh no. For anybody listening, that Christian Craig had the uh, um, Kenya Mall terrorist attack was I think 2012. Um, all of a sudden, this dude in blue jeans and a flannel shirt and a baklava comes in with an M4 and a plate carrier and goes into the mall and takes down everybody himself and then disappears. Uh, that was Christian Craighead. He was a SAS commando. He was out on deployment and actually got the chance because I asked him. All right, what what were you doing at that mall? Because everybody wanted to know like how you just happened to be there. He is a huge fashion nerd, and they had a Gucci store inside that mall, and his favorite jeans to wear is Gucci. So he was going to pick up a couple more pair of Gucci <laughs> jeans, had his kit in his trunk, 
happened to hear about the attack and grabbed his kit and went to work. So pretty impressive and a, kind of a cool story. It's not the answer I expected at all. Um, so we were talking before the break about um, how to clear out a house. And this is, I have taught this bajillion times. I'm still learning when it comes to one man room clearing, one man building clearing. Um, and it's even harder to explain this over the radio. So I'll bear with me and we'll do the best we can. First of all, the first thing I would recommend is to always barricade yourself. Even if you have the best skill in the world, you are literally gambling with your life trying to clear a house. It's not something you want to do. That's very few people win at that game. It's not enjoyable. Um, so strong, strong setting a position and just holding that position, barricading yourself in a room with your family and keeping the door on gunpoint and blasting anybody who comes in who I doesn't identify themselves as a cop or something like that is definitely the way to go. But Sometimes you do have to leave your room. You know, what happens if you have like a split level house, a story and a half, and your kids sleep on the top level and you sleep on the ground floor? You got to secure your kids. You got to have a plan. So at some point, unless you are single by yourself or just you and your wife sleeping at home and you don't have kids or anything, then good for you. But for majority of the people, you're going to have to leave your room and secure some part of your family before you can stronghold a room so you are going to have to do some sort of clearing because the second you step out of a room into something else it's not clear once you've left that room it's not clear i don't care if you were in your room go to your kid's room and you go back to your room your room unless you have your wife holding security on that one is no longer clear you don't know if somebody slipped behind behind you while you're in your kid's room and went into your room to rob you have no idea so every room is unsecured until you've deemed otherwise. Um, so step one, I'd say if you have the ability to strong arm a room and just hold it and barricade up, do that. If you have to get out in your kid's room or whatever, no matter, it doesn't really matter where in the house is. The principles are all the same. Um, you want to go the most direct route possible. Two ways of approach. Um, you cannot bother with any other side rooms and beeline straight to the room you need to enter into. Uh, clear it. Secure the family member you need to retrograde back to your room. Or, I mean, I'm kind of torn on this. You could clear out every room, but that's going to slow you down. Personally, I would do a quick pie. So pieing a room off is basically it's how do you cut a pie? You cut it, you know, little angled 45-degree chunks at a time unless you're some weirdo who does, like, these weird thin slices out. If so... You need psychiatric help. Um, so it's a slice. You are literally pieing off or slicing off a room where you are going to gain as much depth and knowledge of what's in that room by using the angles of the doorway without exposing yourself and going into the actual room. Um, it's as best as I can explain it. You can easily get on YouTube and look up pieing off a room, um, and you'll see better demonstrations of it. But you want to gain as much knowledge of that room without having to enter it as possible. So when you do enter, there is a very small, small space left that is unknown to you that you have to worry about securing and a possible threat being in. If you can get three-quarters of the room without stepping foot in it and seeing that no one's in there, then you know for a fact 
here is this one quarter left of this room. If there is a target, this is the only place they could possibly be. However, that takes time. So what I would do, and again, if you have the possibility beforehand, when I picked the blueprints of my house, I specifically picked it to where my kid's room is directly across from my room. So all I have to do is check the hall real quick, run the rabbit, pop into his room, grab his little butt out of bed, and just dash back across the hall in our room, barricade in, and we're set. Um, however, some people, like I said, don't have that ability. They have store and a half, master bedrooms on the main floor, kids' bedrooms up top. Um, clear what you can as fast as you can. Get to the family member room you need to secure. Clear the room first. You don't know if somebody's hiding. I don't. There's crazy people out there, people on drugs, people with ill intent. You never know. So don't get fixated on the target, whether it's a hostile threat or a family member. Get to the family member after you have cleared the room because it does no good to snag them up if you haven't secured the room. Clear the room. You may have to talk them through it to stay put, not move, just lay there, not do anything till you've cleared. Once you've cleared, you then secure the family member, the asset, whatever, and you want to beeline it and retrograde back to your room, or you can go with your wife and decide to stronghold in that room. It's your choice. Um, it's really personal preference. It depends on the angles. Um, I do my room specifically because it's at the back of the house and the angles I have, if I have to engage any target, there's only one direction they can come from. If I had to engage any target from that direction, rounds would not be going into any neighbor's house. It's the best angle I have to not put anything in danger beyond my house beyond a target if god forbid around misses and goes through the house so these are considerations to think of so step one is if you can barricade yourself in a room till law enforcement arrives do that if not you want to move quickly to the family members rooms to secure them get your kids um clearing the rooms as best as you can as you go past them because remember Eventually, that uncleared room is going to be at your back. That's a sketchy position to be in, but for time's sake, it's better to blow through, get your kid, get back. Um, if you're trying to clear out your house on your own, different story. You're going to be slow, deliberate with it, go all the way in, make sure everything's secure. But if you're just trying to grab a family member, you want to make sure there's no obvious threat that you're blatantly going to spot and try to just get to your family member as fast as possible and then either barricade yourself in their room or get back to your own room. Past that, hold. Just hold and wait. There's no rush. You've got plenty of time. If for some bizarre reason you need to clear your entire house, you want to be very methodical about it. If you have a spouse who's trained enough, awesome. Then someone can hold security on the hall in any unsecured areas while you're clearing a room at a time and just work forward and move together. Single, like two people alone sucks. Like clearing a house with you, just two people sucks. Doing it by yourself really would not prefer to do that, which is why I say just barricade yourself up in a room because it's the second you step out of that hall and go into a room and come back in the hall, hall's unsecured. If you just secured the room behind you, you came from cleared another room Guess what? That one behind you is no longer secure. Now, granted, some of it's common sense. You most likely hear somebody coming down the hall, blowing past you to a room or something. So theoretically, it should be. I would still treat every room 
you're out of like it's an unsecured room. Methodically work your way through. You're not rushing through anything. You're um, you're you're not wanting to rush it. I'll just put it slow as smooth, smooth as fast. Exactly. Uh, another thing I recently never thought of. Uh, angle of lights. This is when you definitely want to utilize light. I've heard some people say, you know, you want to hit the light for a second to illuminate and then move, have the light off, move, and then hit it again so you're not in the same place. That That's great if you have a known threat. Uh, for clearing out a house, that's stupid. You want as much illumination as possible. You can turn on the lights, do it, but also that exposes you what I would prefer to do, and ideally I would have a pistol with a light or a carbine with a light. The only difference between the two, one requires two hands, one requires one. So if you have small children, a baby or something, then handguns easier because you can easily do that one-handed versus a carbine. Um, you want to go, I'd say about two feet off the ground. Uh, reason being, if you go too high, somebody's bending down to pick something up, somebody's squatting, trying to not get spotted, you can miss them. If you go about two feet above the baseboards, two feet above the floor, you're going to get enough shadow effect off the ground, off the wall, and up above. There's no way anybody's going to miss that. Somebody could be lying flat on their stomach, you're going to catch them. Somebody's squatting, it's going to cast a shadow up above. So... As you're sweeping with your light, you want to stick about two feet, maybe three feet above the ground. That's pretty important to do. If you have it four or five or eye level with yourself, a lot of people naturally want to sweep a room at eye level. You don't want to do that because, A, if you're six foot tall like me, somebody's five foot tall, you might miss them. If somebody's bending down or they squat to try to hide behind a couch, you're not going to get them. If you're sweeping two to three feet, no one's going to be able to hide from that. You're going to pick everything up clearly. You're not worried about somebody Spider-Manning up in the corner of your ceiling unless you got some crazy rafters of a log cabin or something. You're worried about somebody in a corner, somebody hiding behind a piece of furniture. So make sure as you're sweeping with your light, you're sweeping approximately two to three feet off the ground. Um, you want to make sure you've got plenty of depth when it comes to corners and large rooms that you're moving. You don't want to get sucked into the corners. And what I mean by that is literally just that. Uh, you'll see people, especially when they're new to CQB, they feel like corners are a safe place. They'll get sucked into it. They want to go deep into it. You don't want to do that. You want to remain neutral and typically two to three feet off the wall and in the center of the room if possible. Um, corners are where bad guys are going to hide. So you want to watch corners. You don't want to get sucked into them. Don't spend too much time in one spot either. Don't speed it up, but be deliberate, but smooth in your sweeping with light. We'll finish this up talking about clearing houses as soon as we come back after this last break. All right, we are back for our last and final segment. Again, if we got anybody who wants to call in, ask some questions, get some information, you can reach us here at 636-224-6300. 636-224-6300. So we've been talking about uh, in relation to home defense, if for some bizarre reason you need to clear your house, how to do uh, one man or two man if your spouse is trained up, uh, CQB and room clearing. Uh, not really the military or SWAT or tactical side of it where you're trying to take down a target house, but more you're home alone. You hear somebody break into the middle of the night. You got to go get your kids and hold up till the cops arrive. How do you tactically correctly do that? Uh, we talked about barricading when possible, when not possible. 
how to pie off rooms and mostly secure them without actually physically going in every single room. Um, quickly moving to retrieve whatever family member you need to and whether deciding to then stronghold their room or retreat back to a different room in the stronghold. That should be a plan you should come up with beforehand, not wait till the actual incident is happening. Uh, this is why you run through this stuff and plan it. I don't care how crazy it sounds. Uh, it sounds crazy till you have to use it and have a plan, and then suddenly it doesn't I mean, sound. So even crazy. having the plan though, like that's the best thing to do. It really, it still it still goes to crap during. Like, I mean, you can have the the most well planned out, thought out mission like overseas for us that were military. And then the moment something happens, it never goes to plan. Nope. But at least having that plan gets you somewhat in the, the right mind frame for it. You have it. a foundation. So, yeah, I mean, perfect foundation for that. So, I mean, that's if you went into it without some type of a plan, you're screwed. Yeah. All right, you're just throwing stuff at a wall until it sticks, and it might be too late. But if you have a plan, yeah, it may not go to plan, but at least you have a foundation, a basis you're working off of. And, you know, reacting as things change. It, it helps you change from, like, plan A to plan B or plan D real quick if you need yeah. to. I mean, you can't you can't be ready for every scenario that might happen. You know, what happens if you have eight gangbangers breaking into your house, man? You got eight armed people in your house. That's, that's a whole other level, and you're going to have to adapt to that as needed. But if you have a basic plan of if this ever happens, here's what I'm going to do, then you're just fine-tuning and tweaking things and reacting to what's happening versus being completely clueless and be like, I have no idea. Um, again, if it sounds paranoid, I don't really care. <laughs> it's it's a good thing to have, and if you disagree, well, it sucks to be you if this so ever happens. Every store I go into, I come up with a plan when I walk into a building, a store, yeah. or anything like that. That's one of the great things about the paranoia for military and combat is it teaches you to do these things. But Hyper, man, Hypervigilance is more what I would like to call it. I don't really see the problem with it. Oh, it must be exhausting. No, not really. It's just war games in your head, but at a smaller level. I mean, you're trained to do it all the time regardless, so it's just second nature. Yeah. Make a game out of it. Be sitting at a restaurant with your spouse. Hey, if two shooters came in right now, where would you, what would you do? What exit would you go out of? Do you know where the exits are? Well, yeah, right there. No, there's not. There's one right here. Did you not notice that? Little stuff like that adds up. And I mean... It's for the one in a trillion chances something does happen. You're not caught off guard. You're not caught with your pants down. Then you know what to do. And you'll be glad you did this stupid, ridiculous stuff that seems like a waste of time and slightly paranoid. Never, If you've never been caught with your pants down, it's not fun. So, I mean, that's... True story. Yeah. True story. So, going over the little bits, uh, any any other thing to add? I, I say sweeping with your light two to three feet off Definitely. the ground. That's something a lot of people miss that they don't even think of. But... The angles of the light is extremely important. Um, that's going to give you the best exposure to everything and not miss anything. Uh, pay attention to sp specifically two corners, but don't get sucked into corners. Don't get sucked in going behind furniture, getting tripped up yeah. on stuff. Well, um, I mean, know your house, too, though. Your footing. Like, you might have different quirks about your house, too, that might help. Like, yeah. I mean, like certain doors, like, I mean, my house, like certain doors, they unless you pull up when you close it, they don't latch. So if I go buy a room and I tap the door, and it opens, I know someone just went in there because everyone in my house that lives there knows that you have to lift that door for it to latch. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and be like, okay, that room is probably not clear. But yeah, little little points like that, knowing your house and knowing, hey, I always, or always keep your doors closed if the room That's, is unoccupied. Yep. If suddenly you know for a fact if that part open. of your routine is lock the doors at night, you know, lock your garage door, lock your front door, lock your back patio door, go through the house, and hey, this 
I thought I heard someone. You're going through the house. Hey, this bedroom door is open. I know for a fact that I close all these. I always That's keep them closed. Then every you know every night, all there. the doors are closed in the house. Now, here's the other question. Do you go in or do you go, okay, there's somebody in that room most likely and pull back? Um, I mean, at that point, I'm probably just going to go ahead and open the door and do tactically what I've been trained to do just to. Yeah, I'd say situation dictates. If I've got my four-year-old in my arm with me, no. No. Uh, if I can push him and, hey, run to mommy and daddy's room, I'm going to check this out. Absolutely. But the other thing you have to do, again, here's another thing people get confused about. You have firing lanes in your house. You know that if I fire in this direction, I'm good. But the second you go into a room and, oh, my God, there's somebody standing in there in the closet with a knife, make sure you're not shooting into your neighbor's house. Know your angles. Pay attention to that. That's the last thing we'll leave you with is one of the firearm safety rules that's most important and underrated. Know your target and consider its background. Definitely. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about more uh, tactics, gear, news, and other stuffs and things. Take it easy, guys. Stay safe.